When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hey, this is Jorma Kalkinen from Jefferson Airplane and Hot Tuna, and you are listening to Rock and Roll Archaeology. History in Five Songs with host Martin Popoff. A production of Pantheon Podcasts. Let's rock out with Martin. Yes, welcome back for another episode of History in Five Songs with Martin Popoff, brought to you by Pantheon Media. Uh, today we're going to do one of these sort of academic ones. We're not going to look at a heavy metal genre or anything like that. We're going to look at something really specific. Tapping. Uh, tapping on the guitar. Uh, guitar tapping it's sometimes called, but just tapping in general. Now, what is tapping? Um, oh, okay, first of all, this is a show about heavy metal and hard rock topics mostly, and tapping is something that is, uh, is, is fairly prominent and prevalent uh, beginning more or less in the 80s uh, on heavy metal guitar. Heavy, heavy metal is all about uh, great guitar playing primarily, and it's one of the, uh, the tools in the toolbox that was used uh, from the shred generation onward. So let's, let's park that for a second. So essentially what we're talking about here is a technique where either with your fretting hand on a guitar or with your picking hand on the guitar, um, you essentially press on the strings to make sound rather than strumming them or, or picking them. So if you're just using your fretting hand, it means like like hammering, hitting hard. Ham, hammer on is, uh, is related to tapping. Uh, hammering onto um, the strings to, to make them make sound. Uh, or you can take your... Um, your picking hand and either with just your bare fingers or with a pick tap on the strings in various places uh, to to also press down on the strings and to create that sound now this is something that has a long history and it doesn't have to be on an electric instrument but it it really you know comes to life on an electric instrument because of that sustain and that's why you hear a lot of this in heavy metal and also because heavy metal is all about pyrotechnics and and uh, and tapping is is a form of guitar pyrotechnics but you know this is something that is rumored to go back to the first musician who sold his soul to the devil, Niccolo Paganini, uh, on the violin, uh, tapping there. 
Um, there's also as you as you come through like all those strings instruments there's there's history of of you know people talking about tapping on lutes um, when we were doing the the metal evolution series at banger films we looked into some of this stuff and I interviewed Dave Bunker who has the Dave Bunker method of tapping a whole instructional video uh, uh, type thing uh, instructional campaign about tapping um, but it has quite a murky murky history now you know, I, I don't want to give it away. I think you all know where this ends, um, where number five is going to be in our in our history in five songs of tapping. Um, but I want to put together a, a short little history leading up to that and explain why I picked these five uh, as we go. So number one, we go back to 1970 with Santana, and this is something called Hope You're Feeling Better. Take a listen. So there you go. You get a little bit of a tap coming out of uh, Carlos Santana. I think it's Carlos Santana there. Uh, Maybe wrong on that. Anyways, you do hear tapping. Um, so essentially, um, why I picked this is is a couple fold here. We're talking about a, a California band, something that um, Eddie Van Halen, who's going to be our number five. Okay, I went and gave it away. Um, uh, you know, would have known about, and this is this is tapping in a rock setting. So it's good to hear this. But the other reason I wanted to pick this is you are you are only getting just brief flashes of this stuff. Tapping as we go along doesn't really become anything much until Eddie Van Halen. But I I, I wanted to show that there is a history here. Um, you know, also around this time. Uh, People have talked about again Eddie Van Halen giving it away. I mean, this is this is the main anecdote. But Eddie talks about hearing tapping, uh, seeing Jimmy Page live uh, playing Heartbreaker, and he he lifts his arm, um, you know, the, the the picking hand, his his right hand, and he's still making sound. And this is happening with his left hand. So this is this was one of his early revelations when it came when it came to tapping. You know, Eddie also talks about hearing uh, Billy Gibbons from ZZ Top Tap. But let's move on. Um, one I'm not going to pick here also, you know, I, I did take a listen to this and I, and I thought I wanted to include this, but I'll just mention it. And this is one we won't play. So we don't break our rule of this being five songs. Harvey Mandel, he's like an instrumental guitarist dude, came out of the uh, the uh, the folk boom essentially, a bit jazzy, a bit fusiony. He's got a song that often gets uh, cited for tapping called Fishwalk from his Shane Grenade album, 1973. If you want to go on your own and and do a little uh, field research, you can you can listen from about 2:38 to 3:02 on that, and you'll hear you'll hear some tapping, and then I believe it just continues on. But you know, it's it's a little odd for non-guitarist. You 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 know I'm not particular sure particularly sure where it comes in and out of the tapping, but it seems to be something that he's using in brief flourishes and then moving on to other things as we go. So number two in our history in five songs on the history of tapping is Steve Hackett, the musical box. Um, take a listen. <laughs> Okay, so again, one of the interesting things um, you hear here is that um, 
With a lot of these guys along the way, the theme is, is that it's a brief notion. It's not something that, um, that is that is really like picked up as a trademark sort of thing so it's just another tool in the toolbox and you hear a little bit of this elsewhere in this song it's like a 10 minute song um but the the other reason i wanted to pick steve is that um i'm not sure if richie and eddie both but people do cite steve and steve is very aware i mean i've i've interviewed him i've explored this with steve about tapping and he realizes you know that he is you know, he's a very modest guy, he's a super nice guy, but he does realize that it comes up a lot, that he is he is literally considered, probably besides Eddie Van Halen, he is probably considered the biggest sort of grandfather of tapping. And, you know, later on he he actually does it quite a bit on his on his more louder, heavier songs. He's he's quite a he's quite a tapping dude. Um also, I just want to mention another one that I'm not going to pick. Um, uh, Steely Dan, Kid Charlemagne, you hear you hear tapping as well, and and that is also is something that Eddie, our king of tapping, uh, would have would have heard along the way because here we're talking about a California band as well. So so there you go. Number two was Steve Hackett uh, from the Musical Box. Let's take a short break, and we will be right back. When we dropped the first few episodes of Rock and Roll Archaeology into the feed three and a half years ago, little did we know that this telling of rock and roll history would become a pantheon of rock and roll podcasts. Since many of you first joined us on our rock and roll exploration, the halls of the rock and roll pantheon have filled with shows like Deeper Digs in Rock, Rock and Roll Librarian, Muses, Art of Rock with Caution Friends, Real Rock with the Reverend Andy King, Miss Pamela's Pajama Party, Vinyl Snob, and more. We are proud of this one-of-a-kind approach to an audio magazine of high-quality shows. That is Pantheon, and thank you for your support. We couldn't have done it without you, our diggers who listen to all of our shows. And now, we are excited to let you know that every show available as part of Pantheon can be found in their own podcast feed to subscribe to in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review the shows you've come to love. We look forward to adding more shows to fill the halls here in our Pantheon of Rock and Roll and find them all at PantheonPodcast.com. Keep up the rockin'. Okay, moving on. Um, this is an interesting one that a lot of people don't cite, but I but I did want to cite this because, again, it's in a rock setting. It's something Eddie Van Halen would have heard. It's something a lot of guitarists love. It's one of my favorite Queen songs of all time. This is Queen from It's Late. Take a listen. So there you go. Number three in our History in Five Songs on the History of Tapping, Queen, It's Late. A great song, all sorts of great guitar pyrotechnics going on in this song, just production in general. It's just an incredible song. You know, Brian May, it's it's such a well-integrated song that you can't even tell, you know, Brian May is a combination of playing riffs, 
licks and solos all throughout this song. It's just it's just really cool. Um, but you hear him uh, go into a little bit of tapping here, which is which is kind of cool to hear. Um, Brian May is not a guy considered uh, to to be a big tapper, although you know it's it's kind of interesting subconsciously. You think of him playing with a, with a pence piece, uh, you know, with a with an English penny. Um, and you know that's that's like a metal pick, and a metal pick is is certainly a really cool thing to tap with, uh, as is a plastic pick. Um, you know, tapping just with your bare fingers gives you a very very fluid sound. Tapping with your pick, you can kind of dig into it a little more and, and get just a little more articulation from your tapping. And of course, probably the most fluid form of tapping at all is just literally just using your left hand and going on and off. Um, although although you get you know the harder you hammer, you get that hammering technique. And that again gives you a little bit more articulation. Okay, so moving on, um, I love this choice because I love Judas Priest. I think I think you know coincidentally, Queen and Judas Priest uh, in in all kinds of music. I don't care if it's heavy metal, hard rock, prog, Bruce Springsteen, Bob Dylan, U two. You know, pick pick your pick your um, you know messiahs and icons. I think Judas Priest and Queen have the greatest run of genius and creativity in all of rock. You know, Priest from about Sad Wings through to. Uh, through to this album, uh, Hellbent for Leather, and Queen from their first album through to About the Game. I think they're basically neck and neck, um, just absolute genius uh, from both of these bands. But Judas Priest's Hellbent for Leather album came out essentially about a month away, uh, you know, within a month of, um, of Van Halen's uh, debut album, Van Halen. So, I mean, obviously these things are, uh, these things are occurring in, in parallel time. But, uh, but take a listen to this. This is a great example of tapping pre-Eddie Van Halen. This is the title track, Hellbent for Leather. Wow. Very, very clear, very cool example of tapping. I mean, I just, I just love the things uh, Glenn Tipton and K.K. Downing would get up to. I think they're just monster, monster uh, composers on guitar. Um, you know, Iron Maiden kind of takes, uh, we're going to do another episode on, you know, a, a similar episode, an episode on twin leads eventually. And Iron Maiden is the signature, signature, signature twin lead band, say, besides Thin Lizzy. But Judas Priest also does twin leads but the but the thing i really love about judas priest is their twin lead players but they but they have a lot more to their arsenal and and here you hear i don't think i let it play long enough there but here you hear the tapping go into a very musical just cool conventional uh solo after this so okay now let's let's get up to our number five choice. I mean, absolutely, there is there is no one you could pick for uh, the end stop, the the um, you know the the absolute pantheon paragon vanguard <laughs> of tapping, and that would be Eddie Van Halen. Uh, this is eruption. Take a listen. <laughs> Mm-hmm. 
So there it is right there. That is tapping arrived. I know I took some stick for this once. You know, I, um, you know, when you, when you have to say things in a short way, I, I did a, um, you know, I, I do these, uh, I do these reviews on YouTube for, for banger films, uh, overkill reviews. And I can't remember what episode it was in. It might've been the, the top five albums of 1978 or whatever. And, you know, you don't got a lot of time to do these things. And I said in that, that Eddie Van Halen invented tapping. And then in the comments, I did get a little stick for that. Uh, because obviously, as I've just explained, it does have a long, complicated history. Although, like I say, the history is of brief flashes. So when I said Eddie Van Halen invented tapping, you know, that is like short form for an answer that is semi-accurate. I mean, Eddie Van Halen essentially took tapping in a huge way and brought it into the mainstream. He made it one of his most recognizable traits along with various other um, things that he does with quote unquote the brown sound. I consider the brown sound actually of Van Halen to be more of a tag team thing between him and his brother Alex on drums. The drumming he does stylistically, but mainly the drum production that you get out of him. And then Eddie, somewhat somewhat the way the guitar is produced, but the brown sound has a lot to do. You know, when I think of brown, why they call it a brown sound, I think of I think of these these subtle shades. And tapping is a way, you know, between passages of Eddie Van Halen, whether again, like Brian May, it's licks and riffs and solos. Tapping is something that that is like a glue that that he just breaks into, sometimes briefly, sometimes long, between things. The reason I'm telling you all this and going on about Eddie Van Halen, I mean, I, I, um, you know, I did a chapter on tapping, although I don't know, it might've been like a pull box on tapping. I did a Van Halen book called Unchained, a Van Halen user manual, big thick Van Halen book and just a lot of trivia and stuff in it. But I went through uh, a fair bit of this history of tapping in there because he is, he is the king and you can hear interruption, um, you know, you you get to hear the signature tap. It's it's almost like uh, it's almost like the thing uh, when you go into a guitar store. You're not supposed to play "Smoke on the Water," "Stairway to Heaven," and you're not supposed to play "Eruption," uh, especially the tapping part. You know why? Because tapping actually is not that difficult to do. Um, you know this this is this is a very signature thing it sounds great it's very it's very kind of flashy it's interesting how Eddie essentially invented uh, or or pushed it from this this random thing of brief flourishes into almost a whole guitar language but it's not really that hard to do it's not it's not a tough thing you know frankly I think the hardest thing to do on guitar is is to switch between chords a lot and and to do difficult chords um or or you know cer certain and obviously everything Engve Malmsteen does is is very difficult too super super you know rapid rapid fire playing and sweep picking and all these sorts of things but tapping is actually something uh, an amateur can pick up and and make some reasonably interesting sounds with um so yeah i, I one more thing i want to say about eddie is that um so, so from Eddie on, Eddie is essentially, um, you know, I think he's the first guitar hero, real guitar hero since Jimi Hendrix. So we go back to 1967, 68, we go all the way up to 1978. And then, you know, with the advent of hair metal, we get more guitar heroes because the hair metal bands, one thing most of them more or less had, and it was somewhat of a requirement, is you had to have a super hot shot guitarist. So this is where you get 
you know, this is where you get the birth of the guitar hero again for the for the third generation with the likes of your George Lynch's and your Randy Rhodes and Warren D. Martinis and these guys. Um, and you know, moving on from that, you actually get into thrash. You you get even more you know additional great guitars, but you also get a whole shred environment where there are you know guitar instructional videos. There are uh, guitar instrumental albums. There's you know semi stardom for people like Steve Vai and Joe Satriani, and so so as you go along, you get this through point. A lot of people influenced by Eddie Van Halen, and yes, you hear tapping as you move on. The last point I want to make about Eddie Van Halen and tapping is it's a little bit of a myth how much Eddie Van Halen uses tapping. I don't have off the top of my head sort of a, a good detailed educated answer uh, for you on this but the fact of the matter is if you wind your way through the Van Halen catalog um, there's not tons and tons and tons and tons of tapping um, you know we always think there is because of this signature thing you just heard eruption a very long and and fairly complex and well composed like classical music tapping segment um, so there you go. Let's wrap up this episode. Um, thanks again for visiting. Um, so so yeah, I, I, I kind of just want to recap one more time about this. Like I say, tapping has a very murky uh, history in terms of rock and roll. Uh, a lot of myths, a lot of anecdotes. You know, I, I've I've talked to Richie Blackmore about this and asked him where he got his idea. And he's he's I'm pretty sure he's the the one that mentioned Harvey Mandel, if not also Steve Hackett, but. There are very few and very brief and very not impressive things until, I think, until you get to that hellbent for leather uh, lick. And then, of course, Eddie Van Halen breaks it wide open. So there you go. Wrapping up. Uh, there you go. History in five songs. History of tapping. Uh, feel free to uh, send me comments. You can email me, martinp at inforamp.net. You, uh, you can go to Facebook. Uh, tell me what you think. Um, feel free to throw in some ideas for new episodes always looking for that um i do have a lot planned but uh but i love hearing your ideas uh we will leave it at that uh until uh next time see you later looking for ways to help right the wrongs of social injustice oxfam america works with people in more than 90 countries to save lives develop long-term solutions to poverty and campaign for social change and we do it with the help of our friends in the music world. The Beatles were Oxfam supporters back in the day. So were the Stones. And through the years, musicians and music fans have helped Oxfam push hard to work for a just world without poverty. Folks like Radiohead, Coldplay, Pearl Jam, DJ Shadow, and many, many more have encouraged their fans to join the effort. You can too. Go to OxfamAmerica.org to learn how you can help. Find all of our shows, notes, social, and links at www.pantheonpodcast.com or wherever you listen to great podcasts. All songs can be found for purchase on iTunes, Spotify, or Google Play. Please purchase these great and important tracks. Find us on Facebook at the RNRAP. We are on Instagram at RNR Archaeology. Tweet us at R&R Archaeology. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. 
FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.